0: open up um I'm going to kind of continue off of what I shared a little bit on Friday night, so you can open up the Malachi One and the other place I'll be sharing from is Leviticus six, okay Malachi One and Leviticus six will be the the two uh the two chapters that we'll be kind of looking at today and and we've been in the series this tents and tabernacles and just looking at uh uh the different i guess We've been talking about the tabernacle of David, all right, and the restoration, and that's why we pray so much, and that's why we worship so much, and that's why we intercede so much, because the Lord said, and, and through the prophet Amos, and then in the book of Acts, the Lord said that, that the tabernacle of David, or the tent of David, or the dwelling of David would be restored, and then the end would come. And so we believe the Lord is calling us to be a people that just don't do church, but actually worship and pray and intercede and host the presence of God. And because all of us have been inside churches and could not wait for the time, the the service To be over, right? There was no service about it. It was more like agony being in that environment. And so so what we want to do is we want to build something where the Lord is present and near. And in that way, when people come into the atmosphere, that they already sense that something different. They may not be able to articulate that it's God, but they know once you articulate, hey, this is the Lord's presence that you're sensing and feeling, or they may feel love or whatever it is. Like in my mind, That is much more effective and transformative than anything else that we could possibly do. And so that's why we spend so much time doing these very things. Now, I said Friday night uh, uh, through, through, I believe, Revelation of the Lord. I said Friday night after I read... Uh, uh, Malachi 1 verses 10 and 11 in particular I believe what the Lord is doing is I believe the Lord is giving people the opportunity to get priorities straight if you will and and so so obviously we're going into 10 11 months of quarantine and all this types of stuff and 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 like again it's it's annoying it, i'm just tired of it i'm over it like I, if i if i could tell you how many times i have heard stay 6 feet apart like if i had a nickel for every time i was told stay 6 feet apart i'd be a rich man by right now i really would or or if i had a nickel for every time that i got out of my car at the parking lot at the grocery and someone rolled down their window and said where's your mask and i'm like i'm putting it on before i go in right like it's just, it's just what's going on like i'm tired of hearing about those things But what has happened through all of this is I believe the Lord is, again, giving a chance for a divine reset. And that's where we get in Malachi 1. I want to read the scripture. Oh, this is is the Lord speaking through the prophet Malachi. He says, oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from you. For from the rising of the sun, even to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense incense is going to be offered to my name and a grain offering that is pure. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Now, this, I believe this will be encouraging, even though that's a hard scripture. All right? So what's going on, again, for those that weren't here Friday, what's going on in this passage is that the temple was open and people were bringing offerings unto the Lord and the Lord said those offerings weren't good enough and, and and what he means by that is is that they were doing things out of obligation they were doing things out of duty they were they weren't doing it they were doing it because they felt forced to rather than because they wanted to and the Lord's like I'm just looking for someone to say look we're just going through the motions we might as well close the door That's what's going on here. Now, I said this Friday, and I believe, or yeah, Friday, and I believe this wholeheartedly that when we went through that season of the doors being shut to the church, like I'm believing more and more than ever, what it was is the Lord's like, I look for someone and just said, I I look for someone that would say, you know what, what we're doing as a people and what we're doing as, as Christians. A lot of us are going through the most. We just need to close down shop because it's not really effective right now. Now, I realize and I'm, and I'm not being mean, but I realize that the Lord's moved and done lots of good things. But I believe that through this very thing that the Lord is giving opportunity for us to evaluate it's like what we're doing. Is this really what God's asking us to do? Now, through that time, we had the birth of two ministries that have really become the driving ministries of this own church. We had the the birth of a food giveaway, which, again, we're not giving food away so we can just feed hungry people. Although that's part of it, we're doing it so that they can encounter the love of God and hopefully come into a relationship with him. What it's doing is it's tenderizing the neighborhood. OK, it's making people more soft and open and receptive rather than people thinking, oh, it's just the church. They just want my money or they just want me to come into to attendance so they can count my hind end sitting in the seat. It's like, no, actually, these people actually care about me. Right. That was birth during the quarantine time. And the other thing that came out of it is a prayer room where we're having multiple prayer sessions throughout the week. And we're believing and dreaming the Lord's going to continue to increase that. And, and and like I said this Friday, like, I don't believe, I don't believe we'd have done, especially the prayer room, I don't believe that would have came if we hadn't have been shut down. One, I don't think we'd have been as receptive. Two, you, you'd probably just been too busy with doing everything that you were doing. And not that what they were doing was wrong because they were traveling the nation and preaching the gospel all around the country. Like, that's a good thing. But we, as Dan always says, we have to slow down to catch up to God. And through that forced slowdown, we caught up with what the Lord was doing. And then he said, this is what he was speaking and asking us to do. Now, now I, I say all that, he, he's given this opportunity, and, and I believe by way of the Holy Spirit that today what he's going to do is, it's not just corporately, but I believe individually, he's going to begin to speak and say, look, you're doing some stuff, man, and you're doing it out of obligation. I don't want you to do anything out of obligation. I want you to do things because you want to. And it's like, and like very practically, it's, it's for those that are married or in relationships, like. My wife likes it when I do something because I want to, not because I feel like I have to, right? If you go do something nice for a spouse because you want to show, their, show them that you love them and honor them, they appreciate that much more than when they ask you to do something or say, I really need you to do this very thing, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> Amen. All right. <sighs> And so what I believe we are in is we are in an hour in which the Lord is looking for men and women who have been purified by the blood of the Lamb, who are holy and who are obsessed with His presence. That's what he's looking for right here and right now. And so the Lord, I'm not saying he caused the pandemic. I'm saying that he uses it. He's using it to say, you know what? We're going to get back to the basics. And we're going to be a people that pray and worship and intercede. And we're going to be a people that go after a neighborhood and a city and a region. And we're going to be a people that host his presence. And we're going to be a people that rather than try and scare the hell out of people, we're going to love the hell out of them. Hmm. See the Lord. He's just simply He's calling us back to Him. Like I, I've, in, in a lot of ways, I feel like this is the most simplistic message I'll ever share my whole life. But I think it'll probably be the message I'll preach the rest of my life. He's calling us back to Him. You know, the the religious they asked Jesus. They said, "What's what, what's the greatest?" Commandment. What's the greatest out of all the laws, right? And Jesus answered. He's like, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And you shall love your neighbors. You love yourself. Upon these two, all the law of the prophets hang upon. Like, I just think the Lord's calling us to that spot. What about this? Doesn't matter. What about that? Doesn't matter. Let's just live right here. Those things will fall into place. And I realize that's an overly simplistic viewpoint, but I believe the gospel is extremely simple. <laughs> if, Jesus could take a bunch of, if Jesus could take a bunch of sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes and like the roughest of the rough, if he could say, look, why don't you all just come and follow me, and their life got transformed, and they literally turned the world upside down, imagine what the Lord could do with us. If we just live in that place where I'm just going to love him with everything that I have. And it doesn't matter, look, and the way I show love and express love to him may be completely different than you. And that's okay. What we want, and seriously, like, I don't want a bunch of carbon copies of me running all around the place. What I want is people that feel freedom and permission to go after him with everything that they have, whatever that looks like for you. And it's going to be different for all of us. Now, there's going to be similarities. You're going to be in the word. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to intercede. And we're going to serve. Like, we're going to do those things things, but that'll look very, very different for all of us. And that is okay. It really, really is okay. All right. So, so with that being said, coming to church is great. Coming to prayer room is great. Coming to revival weekend's great. Putting money in the basket's great. Like all those things are great. And I think that they're necessary, but there is so much more to that. Let me say like the gospel is simple, but there's more than we're currently experiencing. Okay? And and I think the simpler we get, the more we actually get to experience. Because sometimes we, we convolute it, and, and, and even this weekend, I thought, oh man, we got so much stuff going on, we're getting really busy, and, and like everything we did was wonderful. But, but I don't, we, we will not become the place that has something every single day of the week, unless it's prayer and worship and intercession, okay? We won't be the place that has something going on all the time so that we feel better about ourselves for doing stuff. We're going to be a people that goes after God, Amen. all right? All right. So he's calling us back to simply loving him. It's like, and and when you're when you when when you love, first of all, you can't love God unless you realize he really loves you. Because he he always initiates. It's the spirit that goes first. He always initiates. He woos, he, he, he beckons, he he draws people near. Like it's his, his provenient grace that it, it goes before, you know, we love because he first loved us. That's 1 John 4, 19. And, and so, 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 so he initiates and we respond. Our life is about responding to what he's done, right? While we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. He died before we did anything else. It wasn't like, if I do this, will you die for me? He's like, I'm gonna die for you, and I'm gonna leave everything up to you to decide if you're gonna follow me or not. Right, he leaves it up to us on how we respond, and I believe that he's calling his people back to just simply responding with a wholehearted yes. We may not know what yes looks like, as I was telling April this last night, I was like, I didn't know July. July thirteenth, two thousand and seven, when I said yes to the Lord, I did not know that it would have led us to live all around the country. I didn't know it'd call us to sell everything multiple times. I didn't know that it would be me writing checks for people when I did, If I wrote a check more for for when I had bills and everything else, like I did not know that. I didn't know that it would lead us to start a church. I didn't. Know, I didn't know any of that stuff. I just knew I had to say yes to him. Now, for all of us, it may not be vocational ministry, but he asks for your yes without us fully understanding where we're headed. That's why April says it all the time. like Jesus is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We really wish that he would light the whole path. But most of the time, when we say yes, he's a lamp unto our feet. We've got to trust him and trust him and trust him and trust him. can't take credit for that. That's my wife and that's her revelation. But I believe it's the utmost truth. And so he's just looking for people that just say yes and I love you. That's what it is. is. Yes and I love you. You love me. I love you back. (laughs) And when you, when you know that you're loved by God, you can love God. And when you really love God, the compromise will begin to dwindle away. Now, some compromise gets taken care of immediately and instantaneously. And sometimes you've got to walk it out. And sometimes it takes time. And, and, and it's, it's, it just happens. Like when I had my encounter with the Lord, I stopped cussing immediately. I did. I got really convicted over my language. I'm not saying cuss words are sent and whatever. I'm just like some is, obviously. some's just not appropriate to say. I'm not going to talk about that stuff. But whatever. I'm not legalistic about those things. I'm just saying the Lord convicted me in that moment and the Lord took that. My natural response was no longer saying those words. But it took a long time for the Lord to take away nicotine addiction. So it was instant and a walk. And there's still stuff that he brings to my mind or he brings to my heart like, hey, we need to work on this, buddy. (laughs) Right. And it's and I'm thinking, man, you've had me for 13 years. It should be gone by now. And again, like, but 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 with that being said, some of that stuff he hasn't spoken about until this very moment. And so we just walk this stuff out. And so you compromise less. And some stuff you compromise, you quit altogether. But it comes from loving him and responding to him. It comes from that Psalm twenty four seven life or twenty seven four lifestyle of David saying this: that that one thing I've asked of the Lord, one thing I shall seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. Now he's not saying I wished I just. Like, like when we say, read this verse, we're not talking about like I don't want y'all to get a bunch of cots and move into this building. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I think Dave is just like, look, you're it. And if I could do anything for the rest of my life, it's going to be to worship, and it's going to be to adore, and it's going to be to praise you, right? Like, like, most of us have jobs in the room. Like, you can't be up here all the time. We get it. But as we're going about our day-to-day life, like, I'm not just a Christian when I'm here. As I go about my day-to-day life, one thing I ask Him, one thing I shall see. Like it's keeping our eyes fixed on Him, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's, it's, it's lifting our eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. It's beholding on the beauty of the Lord. Even when everything looks like hell, and when it looks like everything's going down the drain in society, when it looks like it's getting worse, I fix my eyes on Him. And it changes my perspective. And so then when I see things going on, then I'm like, don't like that. Don't agree with that. When I, when I see rioting and protesting, when I see Christians arguing on social media rather than me saying, don't really care for that. It's like, oh Jesus, would you intervene? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a difference. And I believe like, and, and again, like I'm, I shouldn't have said protesting because I'm okay with protesting. I just don't like the rioting and the looting. Like okay, so say that. And when you love God, you'll love other people. There's no such thing as a selfish Christian. (laughs) What does loving others look like? I don't. I don't. I don't know for you. For me, like, (laughs) I I think it's amazing the Lord called an introvert to pastor. (laughs) Amen. Like, it's just different. Like, and most people think, like, I want to, and like, the, don't take this the wrong way. Most people think because I'm a pastor, I want to be around people 24 7. That's not the case. I love people. But it wears me out if I'm like, have to feel like I'm on 24 7. I need to go be alone and recharge. And even with my own family, I will retreat. You see, I, w- I just will because that's the way the Lord's wired me. But for me, loving people may be sending a text or calling them. For me, loving people most of the time is me, when I'm alone with the Lord, talking to Jesus on your behalf. I may not, I'll just say this. Like, I know, like, as a pastor, I'm not the best at a lot of things. And I wrestle sometimes with what does it actually look like because I feel like my goal is different. But I can assure you this. The one thing I do believe I do well is I pray for each and every one of you individually. I can't tell you how many hours I've spent in my chair, or in my car, crying, crying out, thanking the Lord for, for this company of people. So for me, that's how, I, that's how I try to show love. Most of the time, that's how I try to show love. And I promise you, and and if you don't like someone, start praying for them. (laughs) Let me tell you, because what happens, don't pray at them. (laughs) I wish they'd change God. Like, don't do that. (laughs) And you just really start praying for people. The Lord gives you a heart for them. He does. He gives you a heart and he transforms you. It's just really, really beautiful. And so this... This life of just this one thing, of living in the greatest commandment, right? The Lord gave this divine reset so we could just come back to this simple thing. It's just loving the Lord. Come on in, brother. Come on in. The Lord called us back to just sitting with Him, and when we sit with Him, we can love and take care of other people. You can. Now, let's move forward. Loving God restores the church, to becoming the priesthood of believers. Like when Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses on the door of the church of Wittenberg, Germany, he he, one of the things that he did, and one of the key things that he said was that he believed, one, we were justified by faith and faith alone, but the other big tenet that he had was he believed in the restoration of the priesthood of believers. It's like, what in the world does that mean? It means that you, like... Again, I think what I do is important, but I also believe y'all can talk to God on your own behalf. He he did not think it was appropriate any longer, and he's right, for <coughs> only one person to minister to the Lord on the people's behalf. He believed that we're actually called, all of us, to be priests. And not just priests, but priests unto the Lord. We minister to the Lord first, and then we're able to minister to... Other people that need the lord it 's just that very very thing, and so when I look at y'all, you may not be a vocational pastor, but y'all' a bunch of priests. Amen. book of Revelation says he made us to be a kingdom and priests, Amen. so you 're a kingdom in the sense that the kingdom of heaven is within it 's in your midst, it 's growing, but you're also called to be a minister unto the Lord and a minister unto others now. You cannot be a minister unto others unless you minister to the Lord first because you can only give away what you have. And if you don't have this, you don't have anything worthwhile giving away. You know what you have? You have your opinions. You have your social media posts to give away. And like, who really cares about those things, right? We want to give Jesus away. And so the Lord, he's calling us to live this one thing lifestyle so that you can give him away. And you all have been around people like you really know if someone's genuine, you know the real deals or not. And you, like, and, and like, I tell, like, tell people to, like, I know when I meet someone at the grocery store. I know when I meet someone at work if they love Jesus, if I'm paying attention. You can see it in their eyes, you can see it in the way they talk, or hear it in the way they talk, the way they look at people. Like, you can see it. And I want to be the kind of person that I just spend my time ministering to the Lord. And it's like, how do you minister to the Lord? What we just did. We worship and we pray and we intercede. That's ministering unto the Lord. It's it's what do you want. What do you want me to do right now? Like, that's what ministry is. How can I help you? It sounds really silly. Like, how can we help the God of the universe? Like, just, it it doesn't make sense, but you minister unto him by saying, you're good, you're kind, I love you, I bless you, right? And all of us have been called to do that. And so it's like, why do we worship so long? Because we're ministering unto the Lord. Why do we have all these prayer room times? Because we're ministering unto the Lord. And because we're doing that, we now have permission to try and minister to those. In the community. Alright, so the Lord is restoring that. Now, and if we're priests, I want to use Leviticus 6 to, to kind of land the plane on today on this very thing. Priests in the old covenant were keepers of the fire. Leviticus 6, I'm going to read verse 8 through 13, and then I'll unpack it a little bit. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and the son, saying, This is the law for the burnt offering. The burnt offering itself shall remain... On the hearth of the altar all night until morning, and the fire on the altar is to be kept burning on it. Or the fire on the altar is to never go out, I think is what some other translations say. The priest is to put on his linen robe, and he shall put on undergarments next to his flesh, and he shall take up the ashes to which the fire reduces the burnt offering on the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments and put on other garments and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out, but the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and he shall lay the burnt offering on it and offer up in smoke the fat portions of the peace offerings on it. Fire shall be kept burning continually on the altar. It shall not go out. It's like, what, what, what does all this really mean? Okay. Obviously, this is Old Testament, Old Covenant. They had one brief that would do all this stuff. But I believe for us, we've all been called to tend the fire that the Lord's put in our heart. And he says the fire shall not ever go out. Now, I believe prophetically that the fire in this passage, it represents it represents the power of God and the passion of God. It represents the zealous nature of God. Now, fire has multiple purposes. Fire, obviously, it's to burn stuff, <laughs> right? And it's to blow stuff up, some of us that really enjoy doing that, right? <laughs> told that story a million times and never gets old, thinking of when I was young, we'd go buy all the cans of hairspray from the dollar store, and we would throw those in the fire and just watch it explode. A lot of fun, really dangerous, uh, <laughs> But fire's purpose, it, it, it burns things, it heats things up, it, 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 it cleanses things, it, 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 it transforms things. Even on wounds in the battlefield, they use fire or hot taunt or whatever, something that's burnt to cauterize a wound and to stop something from continuing to bleed. And so, like, fire has all kinds of purposes, but in the sense of the Spirit, it, it has all these purposes as well, that, that, that fire, it sanctifies that it satisfies it justifies it purifies and for a lot of us it brings healing to those old wounds that continue to bleed continue to bleed and continue to bleed and like some of us were continually wounded we just need the Holy Spirit to come and cauterize those wounds with the fire of God and we receive the fire of God by getting on fire for God it's like how do you get the fire of the Lord to come get on fire for the Lord that makes sense except for that's what you do right it's like I'm gonna love him even when it's hard like we've had a busy weekend. That's why I was so proud of our church this morning. We had a busy weekend. We had a Friday night, we had a Saturday afternoon, there was a Saturday night deal last night at y'all's place. And then the first thing this morning, people come in and they're tired and they're weary and they're run down. But you know what? When that moment, when those lights went down and people began to pray and worship, no one held anything back because he's still worthy and he's still good. And it's like, how there's gonna be times when you're tired and worn out, there's gonna be times you And you don't feel like worshiping the Lord and you do it anyway, right? There's gonna be times where you're tired and you're like, I don't know if I can pray today. And you pray anyway. There's gonna be times where you're like, I don't know if I can read today. And you read anyway. And when you push through those times, it's like the Lord's like, they're really serious about this. And I'm gonna give them an increase in fire and passion and zeal because even when they're wore out, He knows you're tired and He knows you're wore out. He knows what people said all week, He knows who's wronged you. He knows who's hurt you. And he says, even though they have been through all that stuff, they're still coming to me. I'm going to bless their socks off with more of my presence. Now they said the fire on the altar shall never go out, but it shall continually be on it burning. What would it look like if the Lord set His church on fire and we weren't we weren't doing as well as who's in political office? Uh oh, <laughs> y'all got quiet there. You realize He's still good whether the left or the right's in charge, okay? You realize that whether the left or the right is in charge, I'm still going to worship Him, okay? left is wrong and the right doesn't get it most of the time anyway there you go God commanded them to never let the fire on the altar go out because the altar always needed to be prepared in this old covenant the altar always needed to be burning a sacrificial lamb to atone for people's sins the burnt offering was the most important offering And the Lord's like, I want it to continue to burn. And I want it to continue to burn. And I don't want just what's left over. I actually want the most important one. I want the best of the best to burn. For us, prophetically, in us a New Covenant Christianity, the Lord wants the best of what you have. The Lord wants the best of who you are. And so it's like, well, do I give the Lord the first part of my day or the last part? I think you give the Lord the best part when you're most alert and you're most aware. Like, like, uh, like seriously, there's been times... Where uh, there's been seasons like for me, I'm a morning person, so when I'm having my coffee and, and I'm spending time like that's wonderful and that's great. But if you want me to do anything after 9 o'clock p.m., I'm I, I'm like I'm done. I'm just checked out, right? But there's been te- seasons when that has reversed, and I'll give him that because that's the best that I can possibly give him, and the Lord wants the absolute best that you have, and so anyway, and I say the absolute best. I'm not talking about clothes. I'm not talking. About about the way you look i'm talking about the best in your heart that you have he wants that very thing and he wants that fire and what's that fire most i I think for most of us we've all been given a flame I think that's why Paul told Timothy, don't forget to faint into the flame the gift that was given to you through the laying on of the hands, right? We've all been given a flame, and it's up to us what we do with our day and our time and our life. It's up to us if that flame turns into a fire. And because we got to steward it and steward it and steward it and steward it and nurture it. And 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 so how do how do you nurture a flame? Well, you start by removing ashes that have been burnt. And, and and see, that's why in Leviticus 6.11, it says, He shall take off his garments and he put the put on the other garments and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. So the fires that we continue to burn. You realize that if you burn something, ashes will pile up. But what happens when ashes pile up too much? It's snuff. Out the fire, it snuffs out the flame, and so the Lord He's like, Look, I want this thing to keep burning, but I'm going to trust you to remove these ashes. And I think for us in the spirit, what this really looks like is that we need to get rid of the things in our life that snuff out the fire. And for me, it may be something completely different. Like, 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 like if, if the Lord healed an old wound where someone had wounded me, you realize that I'm not supposed to carry that anger all the days of my life. Because what happens is like the Lord comes. He's like, and I had an encounter around the altar. We've joked about this. Like I've been down to the altar a hundred million times for probably about four or five different things in particular, right? Four or five different things I've came to the altar a lot for. And you know what I did? I felt good in that moment, but I went out those doors and I picked up those ashes once more. And and now if you pick up those ashes, again, there's grace there's grace. He's good. You know what I'm saying? Like, like don't feel guilt and shame. Because a lot of people will be like, I picked it back up. Now I feel guilty and dirty. But I can't go back to that place because He will condemn me. That's not who He is. That's not who He is, alright? But when He comes and He touches your life, what the Lord desires us to do is like, these ashes, get rid of them, man. It's like, why do we want to carry that dead weight around anymore anyway? And so I've been hurt and He healed my heart. Don't pick those words wounds back up if I've wrestled with something don't pick that back up if I've done something wrong don't put yourself in a situation where you're tempted again and again and again I mean it's just it's just it's just common sense but what happens is is that over time if we don't allow him to sweep those ashes away it snuffs out the fire and then we find ourselves living in compromise once again and the Lord he's looking for a bride that's without spot wrinkle or blemish we've talked about that a lot too he's not coming back based on the Condition of the planet. He's he's coming back based on the condition of his bride. It's getting real bad out there. I know it's a time for us to rise and shine, man, because our light has come and the glory of the Lord is upon us. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2. Like, like he's calling us to shine. And the only way you shine is The only way I'm thinking about that song, I cannot stand. We were talking about it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Like, stop teaching your kids that, because there is nothing little about the light that's inside of you. It is a light that shines. It is a light that's a city that's been set on the hill for everyone to see. There is nothing insignificant about the light. And and let me tell you this. The devil's not going to come and blow out that light unless you let him either. (laughs) I <laughs> need careful. I can hit all kinds of rabbit trails right now. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like some of these, by the way, some of these things are what I lay in bed and think about all night. Like I'll wake up at 2 a.m. and I start thinking about a song. I'm like, I can't stand that. Like that's what I think about <laughs> are these things. Like, Lord, let me think about world issues and problems, not, not these other things. But we got to quit carrying these ashes around. See, fire burns the unnecessary things away, it burns the unnecessary things away. And so, what's left is what is necessary. But what is necessary, it can get snuffed out if we don't tend to that. That's so why we pray a lot here. Lord, sweep out the corners, right? <laughs> like it's really easy to clean the middle of the room, but it's annoying to go get a broom and like get the middle of a corner, right? I mean, and or it's easy to sweep things underneath a piece of furniture, and we're like, that's good, whatever. Like my definition of clean is much different than my wife's definition of clean. It just really, really is. But the Lord, He wants all of these things to be swept out and cleansed out. Now this last little point, it's like, all right, so I'm, I'm getting rid of the ashes, the Lord's, and, and getting rid of ashes, what it looks like is getting more and more free of who you were. Because the things I wrestled with two years ago aren't the things I wrestle with today. The things I wrestled with 13 years ago are not what I wrestle with today. Because the Lord went, and I was like, I don't want that anymore, Right? And there's been moments of weakness. There's been moments where I got in the flesh. There's been moments where I wasn't pressing into Jesus like I should. But it's still not an excuse. Paul talks about that, you know. Should should I go on sinning? By all means, no. But there's grace. Why don't you understand that? And I think there's a lot more available than we can articulate. And I think there's a lot more available than we can actually understand. And I think there's actually a lot more available than the church is willing to admit. But, I mean, example. Example. Okay, so, so in my Bible in my Bible, it has parentheses around certain passages that weren't found in some manuscripts. But, they, but everything that's in here has been found in the oldest manuscripts. So the woman that was, by, by the way, so, so, so let's say, I don't know. I don't have the date, so I'm just going to tell you it like this. So one of those stories would be the woman that was caught in adultery. that They were about to stone her. A lot of let me phrase it like it's the early church thought that it was scandalous for that to be in the Bible so they thought "Well, let's take that out now we've realized now that that's in the old manuscript so that really was supposed to be in the word they wanted it out because they thought that this woman that was caught in adultery and Jesus is writing things you know in the dirt he's doing that and he's like you without sin won't you cast the first stone right And then slowly, one by one by one, they walk away. Now, they thought it was scandalous to have that in there, and they didn't want that in there because they thought that would give people a license to sin. Me, I think, obviously, that's incorrect. I think that gives me a license to say, you know what? He really does care about me. He really loves me and I really am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and live forgiven. I'm going to go. I'm not going to pick those things back up anymore because he's good. And he actually went to bat for me. Like there's a, there's a difference. Like, I don't think it's a license to run wild. If anything, it's permission to live holy. Like we miss that stuff. And like, I, I just want to believe that we don't have to legislate people's morality, that the spirit can come and he's going to cleanse and burn all these things away. All right. Man, Jesus, help. So last thing, we steward our fire by putting more logs on the fire. (laughs) It's like, like I'm thankful for what I got, but there's a lot more available. I I, I read this, and there is more. Like, my shadow hasn't healed anyone yet. Like y'all think I'm nuts. I say stuff like, my shadow hasn't healed anyone yet. I haven't laid hands on an article of clothing, and they take it and distribute it, and the sick get touched by it, right? I haven't, stu- like, I've had, like, well, I've had more and more things happen recently that are weird and kooky, and that's fine, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, like, there's a lot of stuff in here. Like, if, if you put my name, like, if you put, the story of Michael Perkins sandwiched between Acts, I don't know, Acts 13 and 14. If you put if you put a chapter in there about my life story, it would look ridiculous in comparison to what's going on with the other apostles. And I'm like, you know what? If if there's a difference between my life and their life, then 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 it's it's not because it's not available anymore, it's because there's a lack on my part. And I want to live my life to where if the Lord wants to blow through me and use me, I, I don't want to miss. Miss out on anything whatsoever. I don't want to miss out on anything whatsoever. I, I mean, Daniel saw someone's finger writing on the wall. Like, like, like. I want to see those things, not because those things are what it's about, but I'm just like, there's all kinds of amazing stuff that happens in this book. Like, you know, John the Beloved got caught up in the third heaven and he saw the Lord sitting on a throne. Like, it's like if that's available, I want it. And if, and the only way that's going to happen is if I continue to steward what He has given me, if I continue to walk out what He has given me and for some of us we'll see more some of us will see less, doesn't really matter, it's what the Lord wants to do in your life, I'm just saying this, that the only way we will see some of these things is if we live a holy life where we continue to throw logs on the fire the priest shall put burnt wood on it every morning and he shall lay the burnt offering on it You know what that looks like? It looks like every day. I'm tired. It's okay. I'm wore out. It's all right. Get into the Lord's presence. Worship Him. Talk to Him. Learn from Him. And then the next day, you know what you do? You worship Him. You talk to Him. You adore Him. Some days you may say, you know what? I just have to sit silently before him. I can't say anything. I'm just, he's here. He's holy. The fear of the Lord, he came in. This morning I got to my prayer time. The fear of the Lord came into my living room. I didn't say anything, but hot tears just went down my face. And I just lingered in that moment. See, he's, call, he's calling us deeper. It's one thing to get rid of everything in your life and proclaim yourself as a Christian. It's a whole other thing to begin to walk it out. That's why Jesus said, you must take up your cross and follow me. He didn't say, He didn't say give your life at the cross and stay there. The cross is significant. Don't get me wrong, he's saying follow me. It's about daily walking with him. And some days I do better than others. But, I, but I'll tell you what, I do better most days than I do bad. And that's not to be arrogant. I'm just saying, like, like it just takes day by day by day by day. And if I mess up, I don't, I don't lose sleep over it because I think he's really good. But I can tell you this, when it comes to my wife, like, I, I love traveling. I love preaching. I love doing I love doing those things but I hate being away from my spouse. hate not getting to see her and really hate when she was working like crazy, not getting to hear her voice. Like a text message isn't sufficient for me, right? I want to hear her voice. When it comes to the Lord, I want to hear his voice. I don't want... I, I don't want... And hearing his voice, it looks different. We're not going to talk about that today. I mean, it may just be what you feel or think. He speaks all kinds of ways. But I can't live without that voice. And so even if I mess up for a day or two, <laughs> like well, I overslept three days in a row. I didn't spend my morning time with Jesus. Instead, I was coffee out the door and drinking it in the go-cut down the road, right? Going 85 miles an hour trying to get to work. Like, like that happens sometimes. But I tell you what, those days, I know I haven't heard his voice the way I should because I long for it. It's like, and and what's crazy is most of the time, it doesn't even hit me till the end of the day. I'm like, what is off about today? What is wrong today? It's like, can I like, like, seriously, it's just like, how are you, man? I'm okay. But, you know, back in my mind, like something just feels off. What is it? His voice. And so he wants us to continue to put wood on that fire and continue to put wood on that fire. And he will consume it every single time. He will consume it. And this is the thing. You may not feel like anything's happening whatsoever. Like, I'm just going to be honest. that like, like, and, and I heard Corey Russell say something like this. And I thought, you know what? He's absolutely right. Because there's been times when I've read and there's been times when i prayed where I didn't feel a thing. But it didn't mean that he wasn't doing something. And so, so, so you may go into that time. You're like, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give myself to prayer. I'm going to give myself to worship, give myself to reading the word. And I'm throwing these logs on the fire, throwing these logs on the fire, throwing these logs on the fire. And yet, I don't see any difference. I don't see anything happening. I promise you, he's realigning your interior world. He's changing your inward parts, if you will. And 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 before you know it, you're like, well, I'm not seeing big change. I'm not seeing big change. I'm not seeing big change. But what you know, what, what you'll end up finding out. Is you were on a path going this way, and he slowly changes the trajectory of your life, and you're actually going this way now because this is the way that he's asked you to go. But he just changed you little by little by little by little, and next thing you know, your life's completely different. But we don't notice these changes, it's why it's why most of us. Most of us, I, like, I, I don't like looking at pictures of myself from 10 years ago because I was a lot skinnier then, right? Now, I didn't notice I gained weight day by day by day by day. But guess what? I've gained quite a bit of weight over the last decade. You don't notice it. But it's changed nonetheless. It's changed nonetheless. Most of you will not realize, you'll realize the Lord does great big things. Most of us will not realize the little things that he's done in our life until we survey it over a long period of time. And the only way that happens is if we're willing every day to throw logs on that fire. Lord, I'm going to lay it down again. I'm going to lay it down again. And I'm going to lay it down again. See, I believe I said, I said all that to get to right here. What the Lord is doing right now in his church, not just this church, is he's making, making it, he's creating opportunities for us to put logs on that fire. He's giving us opportunities to put logs on that fire. And I believe that if he gets enough people that actually do it, because they want to, not because you feel like you have to. It's like, oh it's Sunday or oh it's whatever. Like because we want to. I believe that's when revival will come. I think we're like in the I think we're in like the conception of it right now. We've been in the conception period for four years. But when it comes, it's going to come. And when it comes, it's going to be overwhelming. But it comes by all of us. Saying, I'm going to go after him with everything that I have. I've walked with him for 10 years. I've walked with him for 30 years. I've walked with him for 50 years. But I know he's calling me deeper because there's a lot more than I'm currently experiencing. Right? What would it look like? I had this thought today. I've heard this thought a lot over the last few months and this is just midnight pandering but but what if what if the the church got so filled with Jesus that the the pandemic we wouldn't have to wait for a vaccination but they could just come line themselves up at the door of the church and we lay hands on them and the sick get healed because that's what the word says like like I'm not making light of a vaccine if it comes it comes praise the lord hallelujah but what if things like that don't happen to happen anymore what what if I've rattled this off before but what if, what what if what if oncology wards closed down what if 50 years from now there are no more oncology wards there's no more such thing as cancer wards or or cancer doctors or whatever because the the lord is moving through his church and those things aren't in existence anymore what if there's no more hungry bellies what if there's what if what if we stopped being real careful here like like what if abortion ended but also, what if every orphan child got adopted because of what the Lord was doing in His church? Like, I, I just think it's going to take all of us, man. And it's going to take all of us going after Him with all of our hearts and with all of our soul and with all of, his, all of our minds and all of our strength. He's racing up. I used to get annoyed at the remnant language, but he's raising up a holy remnant that will will stand for what is biblical, that it will stand for what his word says that will go after him at all costs, no matter how they look. And I realize that I say some stuff and people think it's silly and nuts and I promise you, like, I don't say anything because I think it's cute or funny. I say, now I may laugh about it, but I can promise you, like, I do pray that the oncology wards close. I do pray that we have to come up with a way to pay a nurse that worked in that department. I, mean, I do pray that doctors have to get new professions. I do pray those things. Because if he can do exceedingly, exceedingly, I can't say it, if he can do a lot more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine, then all bats are off, man. But it starts with us, steward, in that fire. You know what I love about I've tried to close three times. <laughs> you know what I love about the, new, the priesthood of believers in New Covenant? Like what God does corporately is of the utmost importance. But with this way, you don't go as far as you do corporately. Like you, it, it's, not, it's not corporate church dragging individuals along. It's individuals pushing the church forward. You asked me probably last year, I don't know, like everything runs together now. Like, what do I feel called to do? Like, what's my life's call? What's my life's message? My, I know my life's message is stewarding the individual personal flame the Lord has given you. And then when we come together corporately, it expands and increases. That's, that's the call. And that's why I get so passionate about this feel like i have one sermon that's it it's just the different scriptures so let's pray if you need to respond respond i don't think we need music today (laughs) if you want to respond by getting on your knees if you need to come forward do it if you just want to sit in your seat it doesn't make a hill of beans to me what matters is us covenanting with the lord praise the lord praise the lord Actually, Bub, why don't you do turn on something? I'm sorry. <laughs> we hit the light, sweetheart. Lord, there's more. If anyone wants to come pray with these men up here, please do, okay? I feel like they, Yeah. Lord, there's more. If anyone else needs to respond, go ahead. There's more than we're currently experiencing. And I would begin to ask, Lord, that you ignite fire in our hearts. I would ask, Lord, that... I ask that you would consume the offerings that we lay on those altars day in and day out. I would ask right here and right now, Lord, that you sweep away the ashes. You would help us remove those things that we've carried for years and years and years and years, Lord. I, I, I just, yeah. Thank you know. The hurt, the wounds, the things we've carried for such a long time, God, I would pray that we sweep those things out. We say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to leave that on the altar anymore. The Lord's already burned it. He's taken it away. I'm not going to go and pick it back up. I'm not going to try and recreate it. I'm just going to ask the Lord to sweep that altar clean, and I'm going to put a brand new log on it every single day. I would pray as a a church, Lord, that you would begin. hmm. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to Release a greater measure of your holy fire among us, God. I pray that your fire would come and consume our lives and burn everything up. I pray it would burn away the chaff, the unnecessary things. I pray, Lord, that it would cauterize old wounds, Lord. Whether it was a wound that happened in the church or whether it was a wound that happened in family or friends, I just pray that it would come, God. I would pray, Lord, that you increase the fire of our devotional life. And it's a lifestyle devotion and what it is. But I pray, that you would, I pray that you would enable us to live that life of devotion, Lord. I, I pray for those that struggle spending time in your presence. Give a grace to spend time in your presence, God. For those that struggle reading, Lord, I pray that you would allow them to read. For those that struggle praying, I pray you would give a grace to pray, God. For those that do things out of obligation, I pray that they would begin to do it out of being heart struck by you, God. I pray that you would make us love sick instead of feeling obligated to do things, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the River City Hope Church podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on social media. For ways to give and more information, go to hopeforrivercity.com.